Welcome to the Goalie Hacks podcast, the show dedicated to providing elite tips, hacks, and strategies to take your game to the next level, where we help you become an elite goaltender, one hack at a time. And now, here's your host, Mike Santaguida. All right, bang, bang, and welcome back to the show. And with your host, Mike Santaguida, here today again, as always. And, uh, you know, hope you all enjoy my little tip of the day. Uh, last, actually, two two tips of the day on last week's public service announcement. And if you missed it, as announced, moving forward, we'll be pivoting to a bi-weekly release schedule for the podcast. Um, and if you did miss that announcement, um, make sure you you know go listen back for full details um, on it. It's only about uh, ten to fifteen minutes. It's got some value in there, and and sort of the journey we've been on, discussing the journey we've been on, and, and sort of the plans moving forward for the show. Um, but uh, just a reminder, there will not be a release uh, next Tuesday. And moving forward, there will be a release every other Tuesday, as I mentioned in last week's PSA. Uh, but nonetheless, we're back at it this week you know, with some great action. And an interview I've really wanted to share for some time uh, with an NHL coaching legend. And that's Jim Corsi, currently with the Columbus Blue Jackets. And uh, Jim was one of the first goaltenders ever to come out of Canadian CIS University hockey and find his way into the NHL. And eventually went on to just have an amazing, uh, amazingly successful career over in Europe, representing his home country, Italy, and uh, tons of IHF play on a number of occasions, as well as picking up several uh, championships and awards along the way during his time playing in the Italian Pro Leagues. Uh, And now having turned NHL coaching veteran, you know, having coached at the next level for so long now, including uh, the OHL and plenty of other leagues at the next level, including CIS, um, before starting his uh, incredibly long tenure in the NHL. But we dive deep into all his personal secrets and, and some amazing stories from when he played and, you know, what allowed him to be so successful. Uh, his long tenure in the OH, uh, in the NHL, excuse me, and, and how the game has evolved so much over the years. Uh, his work with some of the best goalies in the world, including Hall of Famer Dominic Hasek and future Hall of Famer Ryan Miller in Buffalo. And we tied up with what kids should be focusing on, you know, the most in terms of their development growing up to give them the best chance of making it and uh, having a successful career at the NHL level. And uh, Jim won't tell you, but he doesn't like to, to talk about himself too much. Uh, you know, he loves to give and, and talk about others and help others out. And he's a very giving guy, but, uh, you know, he has so much to show for, for uh, both in his playing and coaching career. Just an amazing human being who, who is so passionate about the game and the position. And I'm super excited, honored, and, and grateful to have him spend some time with us there on the show. So without further ado, let's jump into this week's conversation. I know you're going to love the chat Jim and I had today. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to this week's episode of the Goalie Hacks podcast. And today on the show, I have another stellar guest lineup today, former pro standout turned 30-year NHL coaching veteran. And uh, what a pleasure it is today to welcome Jim Corsi, the current goalie development coach for the Columbus Blue Jackets and the Cleveland Lake Monsters. And after growing up in Montreal, Quebec, and after playing Canadian university hockey, Jim went on to make his pro debut and work his way up to the AHL in 1978, which led to his NHL debut back in 1979 with the Edmonton Oilers playing 26 games in the NHL in his first season in the league. And after working his way up the ranks to the NHL here in North America in 1980, Jim decided to make the transition over to Europe 
going on to play 10 years in the Italian league, as well as representing Italy on a, an annual basis for that tenure in IHF play. He went on to play over 200 pro games in Italy and over 100 IHF games for Team Italy during the remainder of his active stint. And after retiring in 1992, Jim went on to start his coaching career coaching uh, CIS hockey here in Canada before moving on to coach at the OHL level for almost five years, as well as coaching one year in Germany's top league in the D, uh, the DEL. And after his coaching stint overseas, he came back to North America and was named the Buffalo Sabres NHL goalie coach from 1998 to 2014, was named the St. Louis Blues NHL goalie coach for three years following that stint. And as of recently, the last several years has been the goalie coach in the Columbus Blue Jackets organization. Uh, an amazing journey, an amazing guest to have on today, and it couldn't be happier to welcome him to the show to chat some goalie development. Uh, coach Corsi, how you doing? Thanks for coming on the show, man. Uh, thanks for having me. Uh, that was uh that was a long list. I'm not used to that. <laughs> it's just it's very kind of you. Yeah, well, you know, great to get going on a call here. And, and you know, obviously a well-earned, uh, amazing, long career at the next level for yourself. And, and super grateful to have you on. We're always looking for guests of of your caliber, but they're, they're hard to come by. But as I mentioned, just an incredible journey. Couldn't be more excited to dive in all today. And uh, shout out to former guests of the show, longtime friend and listener of the show, uh, Nathan Cra uh, Craze, for connecting me and Jim and, and helping us get in touch. But um, how have things been in, in terms of development with your goaltenders? And, and maybe you can just dive into some of the challenges you've had to overcome so far due to COVID this past year. Well, that's a good question. A, a number of organizations have had to find a way to resolve that problem. Uh, the, um, the last time I had been on the road was... Uh, virtually a year and a half ago. And much of the stuff is done. Uh, uh, there were, first of all, there were no games. We had some players. We had uh, uh, Daniel Tarasov playing overseas. So uh, the Russian league seemed to be still having a go at it. Mm. And so we were able to uh, follow that along. Um, and our, uh, our kids that were here, uh, they were, and they were struggling last season. The season just ended. That was it. And uh, and then this yeah, year, no in the American League, um, we managed to get some games in. Um, uh, we had uh, the, uh, well, you know, the misfortunate business of what had happened just recently. And uh, mm -hmm. uh, Matisse's uh, days. Uh, then we had uh, Vaini Vivalainen, uh, 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 was a real welcome surprise. Uh, and we, you know, the, the biggest challenge really is is trying to maintain the, the, the talent and continue the growth of the talent. Now, of course, not being there, um, we were fortunate. I had a, a, a young man named um, Brad Thiessen, who I have been uh, over the last three years. Yeah, we actually had, a, we had Brad on the show actually a while back. Yeah, well, I've been mentoring him and uh, you know, he's, he wants to get into the goalie coaching. He wants to retire. And, and, um, and so we were able to connect, but mm -hmm. then with, uh, injuries and call-ups, Brad had to also play. And one of the things that I had told Brad, once you start playing, you've got to keep playing. You can't, you, you, you sure. can't just, uh, be goalie coaching and then, uh, you can be a good teammate and that's what you have to remember. Mm -hmm. And so uh, the challenges were, uh, connecting, uh, on an emotional basis, uh, you know, there's uh, games are finished and how do you connect? Uh, yeah. You can talk, but you, you, you can't really see or, uh, or feel uh, the energy after the game. Uh, how is the room? All that kind of stuff. So 
you have to ask the right kind of questions. Um, mm. You got to watch the video. You, the fortunate thing is that we do get video, and so with video, we were able to uh, to watch the games closely. But the, the quality of the video varies from uh, in the American League from team to team, from location right. to location. Uh, we have a great uh, video coach and um, John Hamry. He's uh, he puts a lot of effort into putting things together, and I'll at times have him put together video like. There are some issues for uh, for a young goaltender. So what I'll do is I'll end up uh, uh, having him put together some video clips that I might have selected uh, from games and just that are positively reinforcing what the goalie is doing well. And right. then I'll try to mix in some of the things that we might need adjusted or from listening to him what he would like adjusted. So you, you really, uh, it's a blend of, of uh, coaxing along and maintaining uh, using video and uh, and mm. uh, and phone calls and video chats, so it's um, it wasn't easy. I uh, I have to say I was very happy that uh, um, our goaltenders all had a, a chance to get a flavor or a taste up in the in the show. Yeah. And uh, even though we traded uh, uh, Vivalainen, uh, he was a, a strong candidate and had uh, and given us as an organization that's part of the job. Uh, an asset that uh, if there was no room uh, mm-hmm. that we could, uh, you know, give him an, a chance with another organization and we could get some value for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I, I hope that uh, obviously we've learned a lot and, and with the vaccine kind of rolling out, uh, you know, we're all hoping things can kind of turn, return to normal. Cause that's kind of been a big uh, factor for everybody. just, you know, really connecting with, with the coaches and the players because obviously developing a, a good relationship matters a lot to, kind of helping them grow and, and continue with their growth, uh, like you mentioned. But um, obviously wish you guys and, and your goaltenders the best of luck as, as we roll into the summer. And I gave you, uh, you know, a, a relatively big intro, but maybe you could just briefly share a bit of, of your story, your background, how we got to where we are today. Well, coming out of Canadian college was already a, a novelty getting into the NHL. That was, uh, that was an interesting uh, perspective. Um now I look back on it, it was was quite a, uh, I guess, not the norm. Uh, yeah, but, you um, must have been one of the first guys to come out well, of CIS yeah. to go to the NHL. Yeah, one of the few guys anyways. And yeah. uh, uh, there were a lot of a lot of good players in the CIS, but of course there was a smaller league at that time. So mm-hmm. there wasn't nearly as much room. Uh, the Europeans uh, were definitely making a statement. When I... Uh, played in the World Hockey Association. Uh, uh, Winnipeg had a number of terrific uh, Swedes. Uh, you know, uh, when I ended up in Edmonton, uh, there were a number of good uh, Finns. And for small countries with very small uh, 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 populations, they were put, mm-hmm. churning out some pretty hockey, play, pretty good hockey players. But <clears throat> when I had gone, I was being mentored. My mentor was uh, was Ken Dryden. Uh, it was mm, a good relationship amazing. with Ken, and uh, Ken was very helpful. He had come out of college as well. It was still an anomaly, even though Canadian college or U.S. college, uh, the the more forward-thinking uh, general manager of Minnesota was the great Lou Manny, uh, who had taken advantage of the U.S. Uh, American program that had won, uh, was it the 1980 Olympics? And so a number yeah. of those kids ended up with Minnesota, and they all a number of them turned pro and. And so there, were, there seemed to be a flavor or to go after 
college kids. Um, anyway, talking with Dave, he had said, you know, you got to give it, this was a, quite interesting, you got to give it three years, see where you are. Right yeah. now, I think when kids get drafted, you should, we give them about five. But uh, coming out of Canadian college, I was already uh, you know, 20, 21 years old. I wasn't 19. Yeah. Um, and he said, give it three years. Because you can always go back to work. But once you go to work, in three years, you can't get back into the league. <laughs> you kind of, exactly. Which makes sense, right? So, yeah. That, that's, um, and, and it was very, very good uh, uh, and sound um, advice. And you got to remember, at the time, uh, my degree, my wife's degree, I mean, we, we were making probably more money than we would have made in, had we been in the NHL. Right. Um, uh, the salaries were not what they were. There were very few that were making these, you know, a million dollars. There were most, mm-hmm. a large part of everyone else. You can, if you get to interview a number of our guys that are of my ilk and, and, and era, you know, they, they, you know, they're selling cars and they've done a good job of uh, re-signaling uh, their, their way of life. But you know, their uh, insurance, uh, a lot of the kids uh, never finished high school. A lot of the kids, you know, the, mm-hmm. the, the, the college kids managed to turn a different way of life, but it's, it was not an easy turn for a lot of these uh, these kids. And, and the NHL Players Association had a huge hand in in making life a lot better for those those kids. And anyway, so the three year stint came to an end when I got I was in Edmonton. Uh, I I got traded to Minnesota. I was in the minors. I think that that year I I I, I had that last year that I was here. I put in like seven different tax returns. I had wow. I had more stops than the 201 bus stop on St. <laughs> Catharines. I mean, come on. I said this is not what it's all about. And I yeah, and I felt that sure. I had I had a, a, a better go of it, but evidently someone else didn't think so. So simultaneously, I we were making a run with I get this trade and I get to Minnesota, Lou Nanny loves me and it looks things are going great. Uh, we go to the Stanley Cup. Was it semifinals or the finals? We beat mm. the Habs in this. Uh, I work with Jimmy Malosh. I mean, I'm I'm getting this unbelievable experience. Yeah. Then I got traded back to Edmonton. Wow. I'm going. Well, this is this is this is way too nomadic. I says, you right. know, I can't live like a gypsy like this. You know, this is. I know that you're supposed to follow the contract, but I was a little jaded at the time, and the monies were what they were, and I got a mm-hmm. call from. Um, from Dave Chambers, who, who would go and become uh, the Quebec Nordique head coach from the University of uh, York, York uh, University, and um, basically convinced me to go play in Italy in uh, World Championships, Olympics, uh, or almost Olympics, as I got kicked out the night before in Sarajevo. I'm, I'm one of those tests that uh, they said I was pro. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I came back uh, a number of years later, and I... Went back to the, the, the real invaluable lesson in all this was that I learned about hockey and I learned how it played. Gave me a huge um, edge on understanding the Europeans because of the teams that I played with in the national team. I got to mm-hmm. cross paths with a guy like Dominic Hassett. And so when I interviewed for the job, there was some comfort by the organization that I would understand the thinking of a, of a European goaltender. Right. And, um, um, and the rest is coaching for almost what is it, you know, 23 years at the, at the NHL level or, or part coaching and development and being involved with the best league in the world. 
Yeah. Well, you know, obviously amazing career and, and we'll dive kind of into sort of your playing background a bit first. And you mentioned, um, you know, you're, you're kind of CIS then uh, playing at Canadian University Hockey in, in the early to mid 70s. But when you were first making that transition to University Hockey in Canada, where did you first struggle the most initially? Well, so I came out of junior at the time. It was just junior A and junior B in college. Right. So junior A was the, the route to pro hockey. And, um, it, I, 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 um, uh, you know, I came out of junior B and the Canadian college was an adult league. I mean, that was, uh, that was a big difference. That was a huge, uh, uh important part of the, uh, understanding what the game was all about. Mm. At the same time I was playing soccer. I played for the varsity for, uh, oh, wow. uh at the same time. And so I, I was between and betwixt. I mean, I, as a kid, I was yeah. I wanted to play uh, uh, pro hockey, but I, I wanted to play soccer. I had a, a love and passionate about soccer, mm-hmm. um, and, and you know, ultimately uh, there was uh, uh, some uh, you know a push and a pull. But I get my second year, I get cut. My first year, I, I don't even have a chance. They have a veteran guy there, and. Mm-hmm. But my second year, I, I get cut, and uh, my uh, uh, I, I'm still playing junior. Uh, we win the provincial title. We have a great mm-hmm. uh, uh, season, and um, you know there are some teams that are trying to get me to go play in uh, major junior. Right. And my dad would not hear anything of it. I got my education. Really? Oh yeah, I, I said you're going to finish. You're going to do sc- school and whatever. And so I mm-hmm. I, I rode the pine. My first year on the varsity, and the next two years, um, I had a certain amount of success that I got uh, picked up by the Kansas City Scouts. Mm. So the Kansas City Scouts, and then I get picked up by them, and I get invited to uh, to their camp. I'm one of four goalies, but they they end up being sold to Denver. They become the Colorado Rockies. I'm one of four goalies with them. Wow. And uh, they offered me a contract, but I said, look, I got one year left in my degree. It's too hard a degree to just sort of give up. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> it's long ago enough, uh, Mike, that there was no online anything. Right. <laughs> I couldn't sure. finish my degree that way. <laughs> yeah. And so I, uh, I opted to finish my degree, and uh, I went to camp to, to Denver, and uh, I did well enough. They offered me a, a contract, but I was going to be in the minors. And I also got a contract offered by the Quebec Nordique. Which was in the majors, and it was yeah. in a, it was similar, if not better, contract. I ended up going there. Ended up going to the minors anyway, remarkably, <laughs> and I had the great fortune of playing in the North American Hockey League. And you yeah. wonder why I say that because that was the league where the great uh, uh, movie Slapshot was all based on. Yep. I played against those guys. I played with those guys. <laughs> and that is one of the best, if not the best rendition of what that league was all about. <laughs> you think it's I, accurate? Oh, pretty accurate. For sure, for sure. Guaranteed. <laughs> anyway, so I had the, those, uh, the years with the, in the World Hockey Association in the yeah. NHL with the Oilers and, uh, and um, Minnesota and, uh, and in Europe. Uh, I think it was uh, very special for me to have been coming out of Canadian college because Today, um, it's it's really helped me uh, re- to get integrated and, and, and reconnect with a lot of uh, good people 
But at the same time, Mike, you know, there was a point there when I came back from playing, I went back to school and I went into education. Mm-hmm. And having been a, uh, a teacher, uh, it's made me a much better coach. Mm-hmm. Like I understand much better I, at the time, you know, I, I, I wasn't quite sure. I knew I had the passion for it. But, you know, when you learn how to teach and you learn how people learn in a variety of ways, right. it made me a better coach, if I was a good one at all. <laughs> yeah, well, I think I think we can say that you were considering your, your long tenure, but maybe you can kind of just touch on your your initial NHL experience, you know, um, obviously working your way up and, and eventually getting to the NHL level, you know, playing over or 25 games in your with your season with the Edmonton there. But, you know, what what sort of surprised you about all the levels you kind of went through and, and then getting to the NHL level what was probably the biggest thing that stuck out to you in terms of the adjustment you had to make to be able to compete at that level. Oh, it's the speed. It's the speed, the accuracy. Yeah. Uh, uh, there's, there's nothing like it. I mean, and, and it continues that way. I mean, I, I, I coach now. Um, not nearly the same way as I coached two years ago. Right, right. I, I mean, I, constantly I, it's constantly evolving. evolving. When yeah. I came out of there, I was just when I came into that era. I was just chasing pucks. Mm. Like today, I, I I bark at our goalies and I tell them, you've got to think like a player so that you can play like mm. a goalie. You know, I, I, I that is a, a, a most a most valuable part of what I teach today because a, a, a goaltender, if you're just chasing pucks, you'll always, if you're, if you know, Mike, if you're, if you're thinking you just want to stop pucks, you're doomed to stopping pucks. Right. And you'll never catch up because players will evolve. They'll change. Team tactics have changed that they take advantage of game situations that will set you up for failure. Yeah, so you absolutely. really have to understand that. And then and it's it's even evolved to the point where now I, I look back and I, I, I look back on how much of it was instinctive and the word natural would come out, you know, and mm. there I was, I was just instinctive and natural, right? That which mm-hmm. meant, which really meant, all I knew was what I knew, and there was no, <laughs> there was no. Uh, I mean, the only time that I had a, a snippet of uh, of goalie coaching, as far as that went, was um, when I was in Edmonton. Dave Dryden had retired. Dave was uh, was Ken's uh, uh, brother. Mm. I had the fortune of playing with Dave, and he he retired, but he stayed on board as as a as a goalie coach you know and then when i was in minnesota gump worsley was my goalie coach mm. and you know the, god bless the gumper you know he would come up <laughs> he'd stare he'd sit in the doorway in the dressing room he'd have a coffee in his hand he says hi jim hi gumper have a good day okay gumper and that was it that was my goalie coaching like, okay <laughs> no, thank you. Can, that's right? it you know thank you salut bye-bye merci la visite you know that kind of stuff it was like wow yeah. okay so you were you were really based on your on your own and you were basically said, well, get better or get lost. Yeah. And, that, and right. so you really had to figure and find a way. And that, that's one of the things when I, I look at some of the great goalies that have, that have come along the way earlier on before goaltending became uh, a, a learned art, a, a system, as I call it. Yeah. Um, th- these guys had to figure it out and there was no way because there was no <sighs> goodness. I was in the minors. I was in Lewiston, Auburn, in the north, 
No, I was in Houston. Mm. I was in the Houston. What were they? Oilers? Houston Oilers? Or Houston Arrow? No, that was the. Mar- I, it's so long ago. Anyway, <laughs> I was in the. I was uh, in Edmonton's minor league affiliate for for about two months, and yeah. before I got called up. And this is the head coach was uh, Al Rollins. God bless him. God rest his soul. All right. Al was the 1954 Chicago Blackhawks goaltender, had won in 1954 the Vezina Trophy. Mm. And this was his um, his motto, his mm. in-depth coaching, that which I had been given. Jim, now this is at the time when uh, uh, the creases were a, a rectangle. So I don't right. even know if people know what a rectangle is, a crease <laughs> looks like. But... If you will, just imagine the the uh, the corners and then the middle at the, the top of the, the the today's crease. So you stand mm-hmm. here, you stand here, and you stand here. If the puck goes in beside you, it's a good goal. That's it. <laughs> oh, like he's saying in the middle of the crease, basically. Now you stand in the middle of the crease. You stand off to the side <laughs> of the crease, and you stand off on the other side of the crease. And if whenever the guy shoots, and you're in those three positions, and it goes by you, it's a good goal. <laughs> I was going. Are you kidding me? I don't right. think I used the word kidding either. Yeah, but I'm you sure know, it was, it was like so you know, you were like you're like, like let alone being on your own, the information was like what what? Yeah, it's seen in the <laughs> stone age. Yeah. So so yeah, the, the, I, 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 that's why I find it admirable, you know, when I hear about the old time old time goodness, that's me. Mm-hmm. Uh the uh, uh, an era of goaltending where it's evolved uh, from when I had gone into college hockey and from junior and how fast and strong these players were to today, how much faster and stronger everybody is. Like when I played in Edmonton and, and in Minnesota, there were you know, there were five or six guys that could shoot the puck really hard. I remember stopping mm-hmm. Bobby Hall and it was like, oh, MG, you know. But not everybody shot like this guy. Right. You know? But you got to remember that the equipment was awful. Oh, yeah. Awful. Take a worse. look at some of the pictures. I know people complain that the goalies are big, the nets should be bigger. But you know what? When they, uh, I digress. I'll go, there. I'll go to that topic later. But the puck hurt. People used to say, Jim, you got the fastest hands. I said, I guess. I don't want to get it on my arm. I got to catch the sucker. I, <laughs> you want to save it so you don't I want to save it. it. I'm desperate to save my, my body. <laughs> anyway, so I, for sure, the... Uh, the game has evolved technically. It is yeah. so evolved. It's there are a number of good people out there. They just consider me meeting with Nathan. Uh, Nathan, you know, who caught us connected. Nathan Craze, great goalie yeah. coach, came came from the UK. I've done uh, a number of years. I've done a number of uh, clinics for the, the UK, uh, the English Ice Hockey uh, mm-hmm. Federation. I do a number of clinics for the NHL Coaches Association around the globe, and and it's nice to see a young man like Nathan. Uh, having some great success in, in, in the University of was it Laurier or Waterloo and he'll kill me yeah. if I don't remember and uh, and uh, and now here in Montreal so it's it goaltending's become a goaltending system everybody that understands it can get uh, and learn from it and the game's evolved now Mike now you have a yeah. development coach for shooting you got a development coach for stick stick handling yeah, you got a everything. development coach for skating you got a development for defensive play yeah, offensive play. <laughs> uh, you've got more coaches than Bell's got telephones, and 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 you know what? It's yeah. great, and it's not just at the NHL level. It's starting everywhere. You can't get ice because people are are, are going for specialized lessons. 
So it's it's fantastic. The evolution and the whole thing of it is speed. And I can mm. cut that down to a number of levels, but on another question. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I, 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 I kind of want to just touch on your, obviously you had a, a 10 year stint in, in Italy. It was, you know, uh, four Italian championships, two world championship, best goaltender awards, playing over 200 games there. Um, you know, obviously a lot of kids out there want to win and, and be champions and, and, you know, have a winning record so they can get to the next level too. So maybe you can kind of just detail, you know, the work that, that goes in to be considered for those championships and those awards, obviously you played or excuse me, coached, uh, at the NHL level and seen a number of amazing goalies over your years as well. So what do you think are some of those important characteristics that winners just have and, and that kids should start developing today? Well, thanks for your, uh, your list there. Uh, <laughs> uh, one of the things that, um, like the survival part of it, when I was telling you about the older guys and, you know, your goalie coach saying, stand here, here, and here, and it goes yeah. in with a good goal. I never considered any goal a good goal. I just considered it a, a, a challenge to get better. Right. Um, I, I think um, the the very first thing that I look at right now and I consider trying to put it into into context what I had done or comparatively with other people and other good goaltenders that have had success, for that matter, other athletes, it's it's the hard work. It's mm-hmm. the it's the it's the hard work and, and the detail. Um, I went over there to Europe. I had come from over here in the NHL. My first game over there, my first game was an exhibition game. I was this NHL goalie. I went over there. <laughs> I had there were there three exhibition games. I got lit up for twenty four goals. <laughs> I was I, I told my wife I said I'd say we're going back. We're done. So you know when you think you've got it, yeah. And it it, it was. So this has got it. It's almost thirty five forty years ago, and, and to this day, it has evolved in what I believe is one of my my tenets of of, of great goaltending. And it's the understanding that the the tactical game is a large portion of the technical game. Mm. So I practiced to to the nth degree my technical this and a technical that. And then if I wasn't on the same page with my team, I must you might as well be you could be in the dressing room and you're you're on your merry own, you know, you're on your own. <laughs> you just you know yeah. what I mean? Like yeah. And and, the, and it's there where the people would say, you know, oh, goaltenders are, are loners. Well, no, they're not. They 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 play uh, with the team. Right. They have to react on their own and be responsible for their very own uh, uh, work. Yeah. But it is a, a, a tremendous amount of work, and it's hard work. And it you now hard work. You know what hard work is? Is uh, uh, putting down. Uh, uh, roof tiles when it's uh, 40 degrees outside, you know, it's, you know, <laughs> uh, laying down asphalt uh, when uh, the sun is bearing down on you. That's hard work. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, in, 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 in this case, the hard work is, is, is the challenge that you have, you know, we have that uh, psychologists have identified, you know, the fight or, or, or flight yeah. uh, symptom, the, the symptom, uh, you know, the symptom can, can present itself in a, uh, uh, a, a very dangerous situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, it could be from a, a, a simple thing of walking into a into an exam room 
and you know you haven't studied and you're yeah. you you just want to run out of there because you're you're scared <laughs> out of your pants because you're going to fail but yeah. in sport well you know one shift 60 minutes or uh consider a diver they get three mm-hmm. dives they last uh what one second they for the olympic divers four right. years of training and they've got to nail it four times wow. And it takes them, uh, you know, once they leave the platform, they got to be an, a, an arrow when it goes in there and you don't have mm-hmm. much time because gravity takes over you. You want to talk about uh, the challenges that you have. Mm-hmm. For me, it's, it, I, I always, I believe this, that it's considered hard work because the way we set it up, it's easy to quit. Yeah. It's easy to quit, Mike. So you, 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 you get a guy that's got a lot of potential and, and yet doesn't want to do the extra uh, mile. And I'm talking about mile as in working out fitness-wise. Doesn't want to you know, take the extra shots. Dominic Hasek, game day, he would see two, 300 shots until he got it right. I had to chase him off the ice, and you couldn't. He would go <laughs> in the room. If he got scored on by a guy in, 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 in the morning skate and the yeah. guy left the ice, He'd go in there and tell him to get back on the ice and take that shot again until I get it right. Wow, that's that's you know this, this is that's an entirely different level. I don't expect that from anybody. Yeah, but, no, but it just but, goes you know, to show you that drive. That's the, the the drive that the in our in our setup we have it such that well you know it's it you know that guy's naturally better. He's naturally a lot of people don't realize how much work goes into becoming natural. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I I don't believe I'll be a great basketball player because I'm only <laughs> five nine. But you know, if, if I was six nine, maybe I would have a chance. But I don't I don't pretend that that's the case. I'm talking about yeah. the, the choice of your ability to get to the best that you can possibly achieve in the work that you're trying to perform. Well, performance is a result, a direct result of hard work, and mm-hmm. and it's got to be hard, detailed, good work. Like the ten thousand hours, which has been yeah. misconstrued and misunderstood, you know, you can check all the boxes you want, but it's got to be it's got to be done the right way with the right yeah. feedback with deliberate. the right coaches. It's got to be deliberate. Usain Bolt would have been a very fast kid from Jamaica, but without good coaching and the proper direction, he wouldn't have been this rocket on 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 two feet. Yeah. Yeah, you know, a quote that kind of comes to mind that I saw recently, and it's away from sports, but it was Elon Musk said it. I'm I'm into business development, and he said mm-hmm. building a business is sort of like eating glass and staring into the abyss. And when I kind of think about hockey, you know, in hockey, you got to be willing to kind of put in that work when nobody's looking, and you don't really know what's going to come on the other side of it. There's always so much uncertainty with you know getting to the next level and will people see me should i do this rep right now am i going to get seen and uh you know obviously a bit of an aggressive kind of quote but it kind of resonated with me that you know sometimes Mm -hmm. you got to be willing to eat the glass even though you don't know what's on the other side of it what do you think about that quote well you know that everything every you know you, you you peg something that is very interesting it's it's the these are lines that we understand and it draws images in your own mind. Mm, you know, that's right. the kind of thing that you have to be able to garner. And it's funny you, you, you use that. I, I, I often use metaphors. When I, when I look at some of the kids who are looking to have success, 
you have to be able to to well you said you know that you have to have, you have to be able to battle through especially when it becomes a challenge that mm-hmm. you know you, you you can't feel you can get through uh, I'm just just thinking about how Ryan Miller you know there here there he was he 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 wanted to he was like working his bag off so much so that yeah. he he wasn't exhausted. He didn't feel like he had done anything. And I had said to him, I said, you know, Millsy, you, you, you want to be a, a great goalie in the worst way. And I mean it, in the worst way. <laughs> you know, like, and, and so to use your line about the hard work and all that, it, it has to be also balanced. It, that's why, you know, mm. when, you, when you use the lines or the things that, 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 that strike a chord in your own mindset or your, in your period of growth, yeah. It's not the same for everyone, or it's misunderstood. So I've had, I've often had to tell him. I, I, I went the other way. It's Millsy. You know, rest is a weapon. You, you have to also give your, your mind and body right. a chance to recover. The NHL is a, it's an eighty-two game grind, Jackson. and then there's, and then you make the playoffs. You got to be fresh. Yeah, and that's that's two that's months. Of, you know, that's uh, that's two months, twenty-eight games. It's like a game every second night. You want to yeah. just blow your mind out by the time January comes around. Absolutely. So it, it's, it's, it's a difficult thing. And in fact, to the point I said, you know, it's like making good wine to, to develop an athlete. It's like making good wine. Mm. You can't hurry the process. You've got to smell the bouquet. You just don't gulp it down. You've got yeah. to swirl it to allow it to give you all the, all the wonderful uh, work that's gone into it. So that when you do, in fact, I remember when, when Millsy would have a good game, I called up Randy Cunningworth when he was in Rochester because I was in Buffalo. I said, "Well, do you want to talk to him?" No, 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 no. Just tell him smell the wine. <laughs> <laughs> if you ever oh, have a chance, it. talk to Millsy. Ask him, Millsy, did anybody ever sell, say smell the wine? Yeah. yeah oh was... man, would love to get him on, and I'd definitely <laughs> drop that on him. <laughs> oh, I'm sure he's got a few stories, and we'll we'll dive into to some of the guys. You know, obviously, you coach some amazing guys, but. Um, you know, I want to dive kind of into the base of, of your coaching career at the next level. You know, you coached the NHL for, you know, as you said, uh, 25 years now, which is unprecedented and, and incredibly impressive. But, you know, maybe you can kind of just briefly dive into your specific three or four pillars that you surround your, your goaltending and, and playing philosophy around. And, you know, you mentioned that it evol- it's evolving. So, you know, where, where it's at right now and, and why you think they're so important. Well, first of all, the first and foremost point of it all is work and then speed. <clears throat> that's the uh, the global uh, look at it. But as far as five pillars, it's evolved. I used to have three, I had four, and now I have five. Mm-hmm. I mean, the number one thing is you 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 got to be able to, you have to be uh, a great skater. And I'm not talking about like, you know, stops and starts, uh, Connor McDavid skater. You know, Dominic Hasek wasn't the best of skaters I have ever yeah. seen, you know? But he was For sure. the best to getting his feet under him to get to somewhere else. Mm. You need you need quick and fast reactive skating skills, balanced to the nth degree. The number two point that I think is the hard part is is the the skill set that that you have. You know, you have. You have a, a toolbox of, of skills that uh, Mike, you used, I used, Dominic used, uh, Patrick Roy used, uh, Marty Brader, right. Millsy. They're not all the same. And it's like every golfer. You go, you look at every golfer on the PGA Tour, 
I defy anyone to say, oh, they have the same swing. Yet mm-hmm. there are a number of them who are very successful. And, and it's, it's there where the detail, the poison is in the detail. If this is the skill set that you're going to use, then, then you've got to do it such that there's no thinking required. You should be able to be in a, in a band, and when the music starts, you should be able to play without thinking about chords. You should just be thinking about making sure you don't step on somebody's toes on the, on the stage, <laughs> or you, right. you, you sing at the proper key. You know, you're not thinking about that. Yeah. You should have a skill set that is dynamic and, and, and on, the, on the mark, like spot hockey. I call mm-hmm. it spot, like square, prepared, on time. That such any skill that you need, it's there to be had and done properly. It's, it's, it's a nirvana. I mean, it doesn't happen all the time. The number three one is, is, the, is the tactical game. The ability, like I said before, to think like a player and play like a goalie. It is in there that you need the ability to track the play. You have to have transitions. To use a, a couple of lines that Nathan used, transition from skill to skill. Uh, he likes to use the from knees to knees, or feet to knees, mm-hmm. from skill to, to feet. Uh, the ability to move around in that 10-foot square, that, that, that in and around your crease area, such that you are, to steal a phrase uh, from Seinfeld, master of your domain. Mm-hmm. You know? You have to be able to move yourself in such a way that, remember I said to you if, you, if you, if you are just stopping pucks, you're doomed to stopping pucks. You have to be able to play the game in such a way that you're, you're, you marry the technical and the skating such that you are consistently and constantly in the way. I used to ask players, when I devised drills and, and tried to work on how to keep a goalie like Hasek sharp it's not the same as when marty biron was only 22 years old sharp you know you're teaching more there and with hasek you're just keeping them you know at the ready you know just keeping him honed and keeping his you're asking if he wants cream and sugar in his coffee for crying out loud you know that's (laughs) you know Uh, but when when you when you look at that you, you that's that's the part that you say it allows them to play a game that that gives them the, the freedom to use all the skills and their skating mm-hmm. skills in, in, in transition so they can track the play. The fourth one now is, as I said earlier on, it, it's speed and athleticism. You know, we had gone to a point, Mike, where you're probably a victim or a, a product of that system where you butterfly here, you do this here, <laughs> you do that there, you check I, all the I was, boxes. I was in the, the generation of the transition to that era, so mm. I, I know what it's kind of like before that a little bit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, expect to have issues with your with your hips soon. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. So, you know, the I, the idea was that, you know, you, you did certain things and you just, you know, the save skills were set up in such a way that you blocked the net, you, react, you reacted, to, or you combined them. And that was it. You had it. You're done. Well, yeah. now it's got to be done as fast as the game is, if not faster. And yeah. you have to add an element of athleticism because somewhere in between the standard series of save skills, I could line them up for you. They're not that many. It's, it's, the, it's the athleticism that, that gives you the opportunity to battle to no end. That's right. where you, the compete level, the battle. You need athleticism and speed. And finally, the last one, I think it's, I call it EQ, the emotional quotient. The ability mm-hmm. to, to play the game 
such that if it's September or it's the middle of June, it's game seven, there's a commonality, a consistency that allows you to play without too many highs and too many lows. You know, you have a you win five nothing and you lose five nothing. You win five nothing and you lose five nothing. You know what your record is after it all? Five hundred. Yeah. You know what your goals against is? Two point five. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and and you know what your your uh your win loss record is five hundred. Mm-hmm. And you know what? You've got uh, just exaggerating. If you did the whole season like that, forty-one shutouts. What have you account? What have you amounted to? You're going <laughs> home in example. April. You're going home in April. Yeah. But the detail, the the emotional quotient, the ability to keep yourself focused on the job. You know what? A nine a nine uh, a nine fifteen saves percentages. You know what that is, right? Yeah, of course. Yeah. And you know what a nine oh one saves percentage is? Yeah. Yeah. That's what's the difference there? Uh, a couple goals a year, a few. 14 goals on 1,000 shots. Wow. You know how many 1,000 so exactly shots on, it? on 100 shots or something, it would be way no, less. Right? it's 91.7, you know, 91.5%, which is 91, 915 on 1,000. Mm. So, yeah, it's not much, but every detail hurts. Yeah. You know, I, and I say that to my guys too about you know the difference in in a season between uh, getting like you said a nine hundred and even a ninety two is is a lot slimmer than than people think. And the yeah. guys at the NHL level they understand that that yeah. enormous attention to detail and how that detail compounds over time, right? Yeah, when you let in a weak goal, usually those are the ones that make the difference between you playing in the yeah. NHL or being mired in the minors. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, I kind of want to dive, obviously you you gave a a great explanation there of sort of your system, but, um, you know, two things that kind of stuck out to me was, was that idea of, you know, uh, your your specific toolbox and developing that. And you brought up Nathan's quote of switching tool to tool, but, you know, essentially you're kind of relating to, you know, building your own identity. You, you had a couple examples of of Dominic Hasek and even uh, Ryan Miller, right. And, um, all different guys developing their toolbox and their identity. So for kids at home that are sort of maybe looking for their identity or maybe are a little scared that people won't like them for who they are. Like what's your advice to, to help them develop that and have more confidence? In that? Well, a big part of it, um, I, I've over the years, I would scout our, the opposition goaltenders. And then of course their backup goalies would come up and I'd have to scout them as well. And you check them out. And you know what I noticed over the yeah. years, uh, the backup goalie or the young goalie or the, uh, the colleague or whatever would, they would start to to, to share similar similar traits, mm. so I I would I would hazard the most valuable thing a young goalie, especially an aspiring young goalie, is to, to do is watch good goalies. Like I, I often ask goalies, well, who's your favorite goalie? Well, I don't have one. You know, I'm I'm just doing this on my own, <laughs> which is okay. I, I understand yeah, that because sure. it that that of course is it's probably my fault because I don't ask the question properly. Right, it's not the the kid's fault, but I, I I say it in such a way that it is extremely helpful to watch people who are really good at what they do, and then see yourself doing it, and without even putting on the skates, just see yourself doing it. You know that how many kids used to dream? I I remember playing ball hockey, and yeah, we would we would do play by play, and oh. And uh, Rogi Vashon makes a save, and I would try to make a save like Rogasian Vashon. Right. 
No, no one knows who he is, but people remember him as the, <laughs> the GM in L.A. But, you know, that, that kind of thing, and it didn't dawn on me then, but mm. it's something that I suggest now, that kids do that. And secondly, in the offseason, yeah, get some good instruction from, you know, like a, every, every, every once in a while, step on the ice, but get good instruction. Mm-hmm. But as young aspiring goalies in the summer, especially in the summer when you have an opportunity to to reload and and, and yeah, get some good and training, play tennis, play squash, play mm-hmm. soccer, play different sports that that you know that uh, that force you to move your feet and do something else with your hands. Mm. Other sports that force you to to um, uh, to, to cope with the challenge that isn't the normal challenge that you're used to. So it, it gives you an opportunity. So come game time in, 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 the, in the winter, you have, a, you have a, a toolbox, not with just skills, but you also have coping skills. Mm-hmm. I remember when I was doing radio for the, for the Montreal Canadiens, I was working with Dick Urban, and, and Jose Theodore was called up because there's injuries and injuries. He had come up. And he had done some success, and he was struggling a little bit. As, as all young goalies were. Mm-hmm. And I had said, they got to send him to the minors. He has to learn how to lose. Mm. That's, it stopped Dick Urban in his tracks. What do you mean, lose? Well, I, I don't mean it that he has to lose, but he has to learn that there are a whole bunch of things to, to cope with so that it's not as, as, as critical when he makes a mistake, as he's mm-hmm. trying to develop his skills, and remember, right. you know, as you develop your skills, you're going to make going to make mistake, mistakes. Absolutely. Young goalies have to understand. They have to understand that looking at great goalies and trying to mimic them may not necessarily mean that he's your favorite goalie, but somehow that's a kind of thing that I was I was saying as asking the kids, you know. Mm-hmm. And and the other thing is, you have to learn coping skills from and 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 other. Uh, athletic skills from other sports so that when when you learn those things you you end up having an opportunity that uh, when the puck drops you're ready to go you have to mm-hmm. trust the work that you put in so that you're ready to go you yeah. know when uh, when a diver is on the 10 meter board you see them up there um, the olympics are coming up it'd be good for mm-hmm. young goalies to to see what the guys there they sit there they stand there they close their eyes. You think they're sleeping? No. No. They're, they're, they're reliving every twist and turn because the minute they leave that platform, mm-hmm. they have to fall into the water properly. There's nothing stopping them. They got no chance. They could do a cannonball. They won't win anything. But that's what they're going <laughs> over. Right? They, they're closing their eyes because they're going over the whole thing in their mind's eye. Now, this is another level of, of, but I don't want to digress. What I'm getting at is that mm-hmm. by mimicking, watching a player or watching a goalie play or playing other sports and seeing yourself and your body moving, your hands going, your feet doing other things, it allows you to get to the platform on that 10 meter or yeah. when the puck drops, when the puck drops, you're ready to play. Yeah. Embracing it as opposed to wondering, what have I done? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and you know, obviously, having having coached at the the NHL level for so long now, 
Um, you know, what do you think? What do you think are some of the most important and common characteristics that that goalies who typically find success in the league like right away or over a long career possess? Well, they they find the guys that find it right away are very 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 few. Yeah. There are a number of guys that have come up, like Andy Murray, you know, he won a Stanley Cup, and mm-hmm. and he had the great fortune of having a guy like Fleury ahead of him, so the pressure wasn't so much. Right. It's always there. The pressure is always there, but mm-hmm. there's a little less um, uh, demand on the uh, uh, on the expectation. Uh, <clears throat> the biggest thing that I I see in young guys, they they manage to 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 get a, an understanding of how the game is played with regards to their own skill set. Mm. And then from there, they have to grow and grow beyond that. Because there's, there's going to be a period of discomfort. If you, mm. don't feel, if you don't feel uncomfortable, you're not trying to get better. That's what I tell kids. If you feel mm. uncomfortable right now, it's because you're trying to get better. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's a very frightening thing. Uh, when the young pros, they come up, they've had great success. The real difficulty is maintaining it and understanding. So when a guy has some great success like that, you know, the, the, the goalie coaches, by and large, are probably trying to, to bottle it and try to maintain it and try to give them more of it so that they understand this is what you did. This is how you did it. You know, mm-hmm. you got to keep reliving that. Because it, 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 the minute you think you're on the right track, sooner or later a train's going to ride right over you. Right. And so you have to get this young guys who have had great success. It's because they've had great, they're, they're good, they're top athletes. They've had great mm-hmm. training. They're good they, at adapting, right? They, they, and they've been able to adapt. But the game moves on. With you or know, without like, you, right? <laughs> well, yeah. And so you have to continue that. You have to have the, the, uh, the, the strength, the mental strength and the physical strength mm-hmm. to, to really continue to, to have the curiosity and the, uh, to, to continually evolve and it's a scary thing to play outside of your 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 comfort zone yeah for sure one year Millsy won he was the best goalie remember the olympics he was the best goalie on the planet at the time that year he was the best goalie on the planet he comes every year i would give him at the time we had cds (laughs) i gave him a cd of all the shots he came back with a booklet full of little this little that i got it what about this how about this it just like a student of the game like nobody's business we had video of him we were working together trying to get we were trying to figure out he was trying to figure out if the traditional you know the hitchhiker with the thumb yeah versus i call it the more european where the 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 glove up and the elbow more Mm -hmm. uh, tucked down that you see more and more out there he was trying to figure how much he should i mean we had we had a puck we had strings trying to see how much room he was given this guy was the best in the trophy winner, or was it the yeah. best in it at the time? Or he was the best goalie on the planet. I'm going, okay. You know? Yeah. So yeah, that's the kind of thing that, it, yeah, they, they get there because they've worked hard. They've done it hard. The hard mm-hmm. part is keeping it. Yeah. Yeah, no kidding. The, the game is moving uh, faster than ever, right? And And maybe you can... You know, maybe you can kind of touch on just uh, the goalies that typically have a hard time transitioning to the NHL level. Obviously, a, a lot more goalies uh, having a harder time than than the guys that just kind of gel right away. And even those guys who have early success in the league, they always find some type of adversity down the road. Even uh, well, you know, like yeah. uh, uh, Ryan Murray, who who had the early success with Pittsburgh, et cetera. But 
you know, where, where do you typically see uh, goalies struggle the most when they're trying to transition to the NHL, uh, maybe well, well, uh, Mike, away from I, the speed? Well, Mike, I, I, I won't comment on any, any goaltender. I will not. So I, I can't comment on any goaltender. For sure. I, 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 uh, I think the hard part, though, is, is uh, when, when, we, when we train, and we try to train such that we, we, we want to get the, uh, the speed. Now, when I say speed, you know, and of course, it's, it's oftentimes, you know, you're thinking of the speed of the game and, you know, the, how fast the pucks, how fast the guys right. skate. No, no. In a goaltender's case, uh, let, let me, let's step back a bit. Let, let's step back. Uh, average number of shots in the game. 30. Would you agree? 30? Yeah. 25, 30 at NHL level, right? Okay. Let's, let's do 30. Yeah. Say, you know, not a, not a good defensive game. 10 shots a period. <laughs> 10 shots a period. Okay. Not many of them will be chances. Anywhere between ten and fifteen, depending on how power play and whatever. Okay. Right. But let's just say let's just say each event was separate one upon the other. So mm-hmm. the thirty shots occurred on their own. You lag five seconds before tracking and five seconds after. You track it after, right? Mm-hmm. Just you know, how many seconds is that? Ten, ten times thirty. Oh. Ten times thirty is three hundred seconds. seconds. Yeah. Like, Right, thirty shots, ten seconds a shot, three hundred seconds. How many yeah. minutes? Well, three hundred divided by sixty—it's about four five. minutes. Five. It's exactly yeah. five minutes. Yeah. How long is the game? Sixty. Yeah. What are you doing the other fifty-five minutes? Right. <laughs> what are you doing? Hey, you know. There yeah. you go. It goes back to my block shots and shots on goal—that uh, that stat that everybody talks about. There's a lot of stuff that's going on that happens before and after, and nothing happens a lot of the time. But the goalie can lose five pounds of water or two to three kilos of water just in the activity of following the game. Mm-hmm. The speed of the game, the evaluation of the evaluating the, the, the threat is it real? Is it not? Where's this guy? Where's that guy? Mm-hmm. All this is going on. Meanwhile, your feet are always trying to be in the shot lane. You're up and down like a toilet seat, on your knees, on your feet, on your knees, to your knees. You're yeah. making saves that aren't even a shot on goal. You're moving yourself. The guy hits the red line. Your blood pressure goes up. Everything is stressed to an immense. Mm. We had a 15-shot shootout one exhibition game. And, with, and Jonas Enroth, was, it was an exhibition game against Toronto. He faced mm. 15 shots. He burned something like 400 calories in, in, wow. in, 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 in 15 minutes. That's crazy. His, his average heart rate was one. Was it 180, 190? Right. So, you know, (laughs) it's very high. But the speed, it's not just the speed of the play action. It's the speed of your decision making, the Mm. speed of how you quickly recover, the speed of your, well, what should I do? A butterfly or should I a half butterfly? Should I do a a reverse VH or should I do a VH? Mm. Should I uh, handle the puck? Should I pass the puck? Should I clear the zone? Should I get run over? Should I push this guy out of the way? Is it a screen? Is it not a screen? Is it a yeah. deflection? You, you, All of a sudden, there's a whole bunch of stuff that's going on in those 55 minutes. And that would that will define how those other five minutes will define your performance. Yeah, absolutely. So that's a lot of what you're doing away from the puck, right? A lot of stuff. And that's where the, 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 the poison is in the detail. Mm-hmm. So when stuff happens, you got to be ready. And so when a young guy who has a certain amount of success comes in and he, and he, and he stays there and 
doesn't work this, you know, it doesn't try to evolve. It doesn't, and they try. Sometimes they can't grasp it. It's not an easy thing. It's not for everybody. There's a reason why they're only, you know, uh, 30 number one spots and some shared and others moved on, but maybe yeah. 45. But, but the reality is that it's an entirely immense and difficult responsibility that is not for everyone. There goes what I talked about earlier on. It's hard work and it's easy to quit. Yeah. Yeah. No kidding. Well, you, you know, you, you've name dropped uh, several great goaltenders and, and I know, uh, you know, you, you must have coached some amazing ones in your time, but, you know, maybe you can kind of pick uh, two, two or three, if you don't mind, or, or one or two guys that just really stick out in your during your time coaching and, you know, really what separates them from everybody else as such elite goaltenders and, and Hall of Famers, really. I didn't name drop. I did coach them. And uh, 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 these are guys that I have an immense amount of respect for. Uh, Dominic Hasek, for me, is perhaps the best goaltender of the modern era. Mm -hmm. He redefined the way the game should be played. Uh, for me, Ryan Miller was a, a kid that I looked at and I thought, wow, he was a sixth pick, fifth round. And he was so skinny. I'm not kidding. He had to run around the shower to get wet. <laughs> you know, but you know, you know, Ryan. You know, for me, those like I, I look at, uh, at having worked with a guy like like Hasek, a Hall of Famer that he is. It just yeah. it's just remarkable to see what he has, he had continually evolved into, and and then to have you know gleaned so much and tried to share it with other young goalies, and then seeing Ryan Miller evolve from this, you know, this spaghetti uh, sized uh, kid. Yeah. To a, a a guy who played till he was forty years old, he'll yeah. be in the he'll be in the Hall of Fame. There's oh, no way, for sure, hundred percent. You know? And and then of course all along the way, every kid that I worked with, I think, and and the guy that I probably had the most fun with, the guy that I really uh, had the most fun with, was uh, Martin Biron. You know, mm. God bless that guy. I I thought he was great. You know, those are the kind of kids that you just it just enriches your life every time you step on the ice with them, yeah. or you sit down on, on, on the bus ride. The, those yeah. are really special things. And of course, for me, the the, the you know having coached on bookends of my career, uh, uh, Marty Brodeur and uh, and Dominic Hasek, two Hall of Famers. Mm -hmm. I think uh, I I learned that like those two guys, I learned a lot from them. You know, these guys are you know at the veteran stage that they were in. That's a bigger part of it for me. Uh, when I, I I get exposed to these guys, that's that's a valuable lessons that you can learn yeah. from these guys. Gosh, mm -hmm. you know, Berdur, what is he? Forty one, forty two at the time. I don't. Two on ones. He knew the guy was going to pass before the guy knew he was going to pass. <laughs> you know, so yeah. that for me was the that was in it was an an innate skill, and that's what I was talking about: the ability to to. Um, to evaluate the threat that's right. that, that only comes with time and there he was he was able to do that so yeah, yeah those those are those are special things that occurred in my that blessed me as a coach i you know i i'm no uh i i i know enough mike that i don't know so believe me right. i'm still learning every day as you get older, you realize how much you, I mean, for a lot of the young kids too, I'm, I just yeah. turned 28 and as you get older, you start to realize how big the world is and how much you really don't know. And then you really got to get hungry more for that knowledge yeah. and it kind of lights That's a fire right. in you, right? That's right. Embrace that challenge, embrace the challenge and find out what you need to do and do mm -hmm. it. You know, that's, mm -hmm. that's the key. That's the key. There's, there's a reason why, 
you know, uh, they're, uh, they're the top of their game. It's not because they just woke up in the morning and then, eh, some are bigger, some are a little faster, some are a little better, some are a little mm-hmm. this, and some are a lot of that. We played a game, Marty Biron, we pulled the goalie. They, uh, uh, Pittsburgh pulled the goalie. Marty, you know, there was a shot, it was wide. It, they had the extra player, and um, uh, it was against Pittsburgh. Uh, and their goalie coach was uh, Julie Malosh, who I played with, in, in, and we went to, uh, with the, in, in Minnesota, you know. So mm-hmm. he tells me the story after, after the game. When Crosby had the empty net, the puck was behind the net. He pulled it, dragged it, had the empty net, but he's really tight, and he had to flip it over the outstretched uh, uh, Marty as, to, to tie the game and missed. Mm. So the next time I saw uh, Julie, he tells me that Crosby – after that, the next day had had a I don't know must have had a hundred pucks on the side of the be- of the net, pull and drag and shoot, pull mm. and drag and shoot, pull and drag and shoot till he got it till he was happy with what it was. Right. So you know the the intensity that it takes to become better, we don't see that. All we see is, you know, you know it, it a good patty of butter. It's so tasty, good butter on fresh bread. <laughs> but you know how much work it takes to make that stuff? Yeah, no kidding. But is it ever good? But you'd think, well, it just happens, right? Where do you get butter? Right. At the store. You know, <laughs> it yeah. doesn't happen like that. They got machines churning it now. but That's right, to... Mike. But still, <laughs> still, it takes a process. Just like Absolutely. I told Milsey, smell the wine. <laughs> oh, I love it, man. Well, well, finally, you know, maybe you can share uh... – you know, it's the goalie hack show, and, and we always ask, uh, you know, goalies and coaches what their two best hacks are, you know, either like on-ice drills or off-ice drills or, or any advice or anything you think, uh, you know, that kind of when you share it with goalies, it typically helps them find success much quicker. Well, one of the, one of the, the my okay, we'll go to a drill, okay? One yeah. of my favorite drills is, uh, is the three-puck uh, three drill. Mm. So I put the puck uh, just below the hash marks. Mm-hmm. I put the I put gloves uh, my gloves let's say at the bottom not at the bottom of the hash mark but you know where the hash marks in the face off just in the in the tight of slot of course so you just put them just slightly outside that and just below them the hash marks and there are three pucks okay mm-hmm. and that players would love it and you 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 could attack the net you couldn't shoot until you pass the the glove or you could deke right mm-hmm. so and you had to attack the net one two and three it didn't matter which one. But you can never repeat the same one, right? Mm. And they had, I would always tell them, you have uh, 11 seconds. And they had, so they had to use speed, right? Mm. So, of course, <clears throat> the goalies loved it because it was all left, right, quick, up, down, fast, fast, quick shot, <laughs> re- you know, that kind of stuff. The players yeah. loved it because it was all in tight, a lot of shooting. But my favorite part of it was I never had a watch. these guys are just developing that compete level pretty much right well yeah they i said they had 11 seconds they believed me and i never had a watch to this day i never had a watch and they would always (laughs) at the end of the drill they go oh oh, jim Uh, you know like you know but still it didn't matter they knew i meant that we needed speed you know yeah 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 and then the and the and the second one I, i think the real important thing is um is if you want to get to be a better goalie, we I, I really believe that the the video has been helpful. But mm-hmm. uh, if, as a goaltender, watch your video in a way that says, I can get better from what I've just seen. 
right. and, 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 and embrace the fact that you do a lot of good things. Find a lot of good things. I've often used the two to one rule. Two mm-hmm. good things and one, let's see what we can do about it. And the video is really helpful. But you got to find them. A lot of times I hear guys, this is wrong. They stop a drill. That's wrong. This is mm-hmm. wrong. I stop a drill sometimes just to tell the guy, look, you get too good at this. You you want to train, change the drill? Yeah. You know? Right. And the expectation is, oh, he's going to come and tell me something. But no. And that's right. I think that's a very important part of it. Find and embrace the positives mm-hmm. so that when you grow, you have a strong base to build upon. Yeah. The biggest and tallest buildings have an unbelievable deep foundation. Right. The most beautiful oaks have unbelievable roots so mm. that they don't topple. Mm. Well, amazing, man. Well, well, Jim, do you have any uh, last words of advice for everyone listening that you feel passionate about sharing today? Yep. Goaltenders are here to stay. I don't care what they do with those nets. They, they can, they're here to stay. <laughs> they are here to stay. You know what? Yeah. Yeah, they're... Uh, they're um, they're a necessary uh, part of the game. Otherwise, it would be basketball where goaltending is a penalty. <laughs> no kidding, eh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, uh, you know, the game has evolved. It's actually funny, you know. They feel like uh, as they've made the nets, you know, the equipment and put all this, the goaltenders have gotten better, and they're not going anywhere, obviously. And, and, and you know, you mentioned it earlier that the biggest thing is just – you know, I, I you mentioned that uh, you know I'm a part of the era of the the block and and kind of butterfly and go right. And I remember in the early '90s when I was you know first starting to play goalie and and we were kind of transitioning uh, mm. out of that. But I just remember the the kind of adaptability that I needed to do to kind of excel at at the time and you know inventing and and creating finding new tools and watching other goaltenders, you know, like you said, in the NHL, great goaltenders and picking and choosing the little things that work for you that helped me kind of create my identity and eventually kind of get to the next level. So, um, you know, coach, thank you so much for coming on the show. Uh, it really was a pleasure to have you on and, and, you know, I love bringing on those, you know, guys that have played and coached in the next level and your long tenure in the NHL is just some of the strongest we've had on the show yet. So grateful for your time. And I know today we'll just shed a ton of light for everyone listening, what it really takes to, to make that jump to the next level and have success there as well. So um, can you just let people know where they can get in touch with you online if they're looking to connect with you? Well, um, I don't like to give my uh, email address. Uh, no maybe they can, they can maybe reach out to you and you can share that with me soon after. How's that? Yes, I will do that. So, well, so if anybody looking to connect with, uh, with, with Jim here, you can reach out oh, to you me. Know, they and- can- yeah, they can also maybe reach out to Nathan Craze. He'll he'll be my filter. Okay, cool. Nathan Craze also with Nathan Craze goaltending. Uh, appreciate Nathan hooking us up. And, and Jim, you're absolutely electric today. And, uh, you know, him and his goaltenders have experienced tons of success at the next level for years now. And, uh, you know, maybe somewhere down the road, we'll, we'll have you back on the show if that's something that interests you. Sure. It was my pleasure. I hope uh, I was uh, uh, helpful in moving the ball forward and uh, maybe uh, enlightening uh, what the role was all about. Goaltending yeah. is, uh, is, is not an indifferent role in it. Uh, young aspiring goalies, uh, caring parents and thoughtful coaches will go a long way. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'm grateful for you coming on buddy. You take care, stay safe and we'll chat soon, man. All right. Cheers.
Thanks for tuning in this week's episode, goalies. If you like what you heard today, make sure to hit that subscribe button as we have tons of amazing guests lined up ready to come onto the show in the next few months. Make sure to tune in back into the show in two weeks and every other Tuesday from now on at 8 a.m. Next episode, I have Jeff Sorensen from Breath Army, a leading breath facilitator who, who's worked with some of the most influential people in breath work, including the likes of Wim Hof, who I'm sure a lot of people are familiar with in the hockey world. Uh, and being considered an advanced instructor in his method and that among uh, an amazing amount of other um, breathing accomplishments and trainings you guys are absolutely going to love and Jeff is an amazing guy with a with an amazing story uh, you know I'm a really upbeat guy and he kind of brought me down for the episode and you know brings everybody through um, you know we, we, we bring every through a breathing exercise and we dive into detail how, how breathing can affect your performance and how you guys can elevate that using breathing uh, from a true true expert that's really dedicated so much time to specifically only breath work and it's like I said has worked with some of the best in the world and I don't think anyone else in the industry you know has provided a guest who is this well established and trained uh, in breath work and I know you guys are going to absolutely love it so make sure to tune back in two weeks. Without further ado, here are the giveaway details for our monthly giveaway we do for the Goalie Hacks podcast. And just as a note here, if you enter into this giveaway, even if you don't win, uh, we select four winners a month, and and that includes books, uh, different products, training products, uh, neuro tracker subscriptions. We give away all sorts of things. We pick four people a month, and even if you don't win. Uh, one month, you're always entered into uh, the the future the future giveaway. So to enter the giveaway, if you're an Apple user, simply go to the Apple Podcast app on your phone and leave us a written review and rating. And if you're an Android user, you can also download iTunes onto your computer and leave a review and rating on there as well. And once you leave a review of the podcast, just take a screenshot of it and either email it to goaliehacks at gmail.com or DM me on Instagram with your screenshot and your full name. Get excited, guys. Great things ahead. I hope you guys enjoyed today's show, and I'll see you in two weeks.